Attention radio listeners. Oh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please get me out of this game. You weren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Beheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome to Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas. I'm Danny Shays. It is another beautiful Wednesday for uh, sports fans out there. And Aton, man, you got to love it. Washington, D.C. is becoming the center of the sports universe. We've seen Boston do it with multiple championships in the same year. Uh, you know, when, Obviously with the Patriots, Celtics, you know, the team's playing well. But now you got the Mystics winning the WNBA title last week. you got the Washington Nationals in the, in the World Series for the first time. And uh, I think since God was a boy is how they used to put it, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, first, certainly first time since they've been in, in, as the Nationals in D.C. in whatever it's been 15 years. Uh, D.C.'s got to be rocking. Oh, D.C. is on fire right now. I mean, you know, it is actually since the 30s or something like that crazy. You know what I mean? But, you know, it, everybody is rejoicing right now. They wanted to have this big parade for the Mystics. But, you know, they are in a situation where they all have to go back overseas and play. So they couldn't really do it. But they're going to try to do something. And I think the uh, Nationals actually want to recognize them, which is great. I mean, it's great for D.C. I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen with the Washington football team and the Wizards. But <laughs> we can at least rejoice now for these two teams. Well, it's, especially when you look at, at Washington, you know, they, they I don't want to say sneak into the wild into the playoffs, but they get into the wild card spot. Right. And then uh, but it looks like they're. You know, kind of not going to make it through. They, uh, you know, they they win a big you know, big game one, then they go down to to St. Louis, which is you know a uh, you know, big powerful team. They're uh, you know, f- you know favored to kind of make the World Series, and and wouldn't you know, mm-hmm. man, they just I mean swept them. Their pitching was outstanding. I mean, they uh, you know the Cardinals couldn't get anything going this whole series. They really couldn't, and you know, and it was. I mean, it, I, I didn't expect for them to struggle as much as they did, um, especially down the stretch. I mean, there was for a little while, it was like six to nothing. You know what I mean? I mean, they made a little run at the end, but I mean, it was, it really wasn't a game for most of the time. And, you know, it's just, it's great to see that happen in DC. So we're, we're excited down here. Well, it seems like every game, the, uh, uh, the Nats pitchers struck out double figures, uh, you know, against the Cards, and uh, you know, really dominated. So good for them. You know, it's the, the, you know, obviously the big irony here is uh, the Bryce Harper story. You know, he comes out, uh, mm-hmm. plays his whole career in DC, wanting you know, gets him into the playoffs, but they never, never advance. Uh, takes the huge right. contract and leaves and goes to Philly this year. Everyone thought, well, mm-hmm. where would that leave them? You know, kind of a down year without their star player, and bam, they end up. Uh, you know, going to the World Series for the first time. So it's, uh, you know, kind of one of those great sports stories that, uh, uh, you know, especially for, like I said, the team pulling together after that and making it all the way so far. Right, right. So, like I said, it's great to see. So we're excited down here in D.C. <laughs> exactly. So who are you looking to play? You like the Yankees or uh, looks like Houston's playing pretty good right now? You got a favorite? Well, you know, I, I, I grew up a Yankees fan because my grandfather was a Yankees fan. So I always want to see the Yankees, you know what I mean, do well. 
but they're struggling right now. You know what I mean? A little bit more than I thought they would struggle. So, you know, we'll see how they'll bounce back. I mean, if I had, if I was a betting man, you know, I would, I would always put my money on the Yankees. But uh, right now, they, they, they are struggling. So we'll, we'll see well, what happens. Well, big that. game for them tonight. Down two one. Houston won in Yankee Stadium last night after. Uh, uh, getting split in Houston, you know, losing the home field advantage, but they took it back last night. So, you know, Yankees got to win tonight. Uh, you know, get back to two-two. Uh, you know, so they don't go mm-hmm. down to down out of Houston with an elimination game. So, no, that's going to be another great one to watch. And uh, you know, it's it's funny. There's you know the NBA playoffs and and really the football playoffs take so long. You know, this is kind of always always kind of amazed me. The NBA playoffs, you know, you got four series, four out of seven. You know, two months. Mm-hmm. Of, of basketball, you know, you know, gone nonstop. Then you've got you know football where they've got you know wild card games. Then the week off. Then they play, play. Then there's a week off. Then the Super Bowl that takes whatever six, seven weeks, uh, you know, to get through the playoffs and they you know, kind of drag on and on. And then you got you know March Madness. Bam, three weekends and it's over. Uh, and you got the baseball playoffs. It's like bam, t- you know, like two weeks and it's over. You know, it's it, it gets so qu- intense so fast. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's such a different feel than uh, you know than the other sports. You know, hockey the same way with the long playoffs, and uh, uh, you know, so it, it's interesting to see baseball. You can't turn your back on it for a second. They play every day. They got two series and they're done. Boom, and you're in the uh, you know you're playing the World Series in a couple of days. Yeah, that's 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 how it is. You know what I mean? But it, you know, it seems like the, the they have more games than how many games is it in in, in baseball? Like there's just regular season games. I, I, yeah, I know one, the answer. To Somebody asked me this uh, last night. Is what one sixty two? Yeah, the regular season goes forever, and then uh, good lord. Yeah, then the playoffs where they play, uh, they probably average. I think they what you know, one or two days off a month. Is kind of you know kind of wow. how it goes there and. Uh, and they keep going. But, you know, it's funny. I, I always laughed. You know, we, us as basketball guys, we're always in and out of a city. The only time you may stay back-to-back is L.A., uh, you know, if they schedule the Clippers and the Lakers, which, which does happen. But normally you're in and out of a city. You fly in, especially on a back-to-back. Fly in, play the game, fly out. You may be there 12 hours, uh, you know, kind of thing. Baseball, I'm like, you know, because their schedules are so loaded within their division. You know, they play their division rivals, you know, sometimes 19, 20 times. So they're in cities for three series, three four game series. You're there for half a week. It's like, Dave, you could have a fa- you could have a family, move in, get a place. Uh, you know, you're in these cities so much. It's uh, you know, like I said, such an interesting way to do it. Uh, you know, and then spring training, of course, they go down to wherever Phoenix or or Florida. Uh, six weeks of golf mm-hmm. and baseball. Uh, you know, I always thought baseball had the by far the best preseason. Uh, you know, in, in our day, we always play our preseason games like at the edge of the radio TV network. So, you know, you play Seattle and Spokane. Mm-hmm. We play from Denver, Casper, Wyoming, uh, you know, Logan, Utah, Marietta, Ohio, you know, against Cleveland. Uh, but baseball, they're down in, you know, they're down in Scottsdale. They're down in, you know, in Phoenix for six weeks straight, you know, enjoying, enjoying the weather. So uh, very, very cool. So we're going to look forward. We're going we're gonna to root for the Nationals. Hopefully, uh, like I said, I, th- I think D.C., New York would be a great uh, – a great vibe series. I mean, be great. You know, the, the train yeah, series. Definitely. All right, well, definitely. so a couple quick things. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the NBA LeBron story has not uh, gone away. 
and uh, so we're going to address that a little bit after the first break. We have another special guest uh, coming on to uh, uh, you know to talk about uh, you know that in the NBA. Uh, so we'll get to that in, here in a few minutes. But I want to do a quick segue as kind of a follow up because this is one thing we kind of. Uh, you know, hadn't talked specifically about. We, we talked about the Prop 206, if you remember, the college students getting uh, or being allowed to earn money uh, that was passed in California, uh-huh. allowing college students to earn money without being punished by the NCAA. Uh, that was passed and signed into law by California Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, and Coach uh-huh. Beheim has had always been a kind of against that. Uh, you know, didn't think it was, uh, you know, something that would enhance college basketball. But, uh, you know, when, when he had media day last week, uh, the subject did come up, and, and he kind of uh, evolved his opinion uh, a little bit. Uh, you know that. Uh, uh, you know, on the one hand, he he would like to see players earn, you know, be able to earn some money. You know, to be able to, uh, you know, just as, as we talked about some of the hardships, guys. Uh, you know, who don't have cash, they don't can't even buy a winter coat. Uh, if you buy them dinner, right. their uh, you know their their entire college careers are wiped away. Uh, you know, so to open right. that up a little bit, obviously he's he's not so much that players should be like pro level compensated, uh, but I think he is warming mm-hmm. up to the idea a little bit that that players should be able to you know earn some money in college. I mean, it, it was great to see him evolve. It's always great to see anybody evolve, um, and this is a topic that I've you know disagreed with uh, my coach on for a while. Um, and because I, I feel that players should be compensated um, in college. Uh, but the, for, for, you know, Bill 206, uh, for them to be able to um, um, be able to go on their likeness and to get endorsement deals and things of that nature, uh, I, I don't really understand the, the argument against it still, but I think Coach Beheim is in favor of that in particular, and he's come out pretty strong in, in favor of the bill. Um, he still has questions about fairness um, and how it will work and how it will disseminate throughout the entire you know, athletic uh, field all across the, you know, the, the spectrum. Uh, but he is warming up to the idea. So that, was, that for me was very good to see. It is. And, and again, obviously, as they say, the devil is in the details, right? How is it going to be worked out? Um, you know, my first criticism of California doing it uh, is that it really has to be universal. I mean, if you have a situation where, oh, wow, I can go to UCLA and make 100 grand or I have to go to Arizona for free, it gives, you know, it gives the California schools, you know, a real advantage. And uh, but if it's something that's even nationally, you know, then that negates that. You know, Coach Beheim you know, makes one of the points, which which is a good one. You know, let's say you have one player who gets a big score and makes you know hundred grand, and other guys aren't getting anything. Will that cause you know dissension or jealousy or uh, you know other issues? And uh, so, so it does have to be managed. Uh, but I think that that's something that can be worked out. And uh, uh, you know, like I said, we're all for players being able to to use their likeness. Well, this is this is what I would answer to you. Your two points. Uh, number one, I think that it's the the um, California senators. I forgot her name, but she's been pushing for it to um, go nationally. Basically, is what she's saying. She's she's has Ohio State um, representative Anthony Gonzalez has spoke out and said that he wants to be able to do it. Nancy Nancy Skinner, that's her name, uh, California State Senator um, Nancy Skinner, and she is pushing for it to become. 
um, all across the board. California was just the first person to pass it. So as it stands right now, of course, California would have a huge advantage in recruiting. But that's their whole point, that this should be national. Um, but as far as the, the players who are going to um, have a discrepancy in the endorsement deals they get, I mean, that's just the way that it works. I mean, you know, Tyus Battle last year is going to get more than the freshman who is not playing. Oh, you know what I mean? He's going to get the endorsement deal to go to Bill Rapp or go to, you know, Wegmans or something like that. He's going to get that endorsement deal. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that because that's that's really just the way that it is. Um, but there are other things that you can do where everybody can benefit, like you could have a a whole autograph signing session and ev and the whole team does it as a whole. You know what I mean? There's different things that you can do. But no, everybody's not going to get the same endorsement deals. That's that's not even realistic. Well, and you know, the, the truth is, some of us are better looking than others, you know, so when those modeling deals come up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was before the two noses ago. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, we'll, see, you know we'll, we'll see. We'll look into that. All right, we're going to take our first quick yeah. break here. We're going to have LeBron and NBA and a special guest uh, in the bottom half of the hour. So uh, hang on. This is Centers of Attention with, with uh, Tom Thomas. I'm Danny Shays. We'll be right back. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back to Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas. I'm Danny Shays and it's brought to you by Mattress Express, home of the number bed by Instant Comfort. And Aton, the, the gift that keeps on giving, the China trip for the NBA, it uh, uh, doesn't seem to be quieting down anytime soon. It, uh uh, you know, LeBron kind of made another correction statement that uh, that didn't go very well. It's uh, things are kind of escalating a little bit, but uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, everyone's going to kind of you know shut up and, and dribble, right? As <laughs> as uh, as it as it came down, to, uh, you know, before. But uh, yeah, but LeBron's still taking the heat. But I, I think a lot of it is he's also kind of taking it on, uh, you know, for his teammates as well, so you know they can. You know, not have you know, not have to go out and say anything, right? And I think that's one of the things that I was pretty much impressed with. I have to honestly say, um, is when the report came out of what of what took place while they were in China, right after uh, Commissioner um, Adam Silver spoke to them, and I guess was addressing them on what to say and what not to say. And he kind of took a he 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 had a players only meeting with um, you know the Lakers and the the Brooklyn Nets, and just pretty much you know voiced his dis disapproval of what had just taken place and the fact that they were being put in the middle of something um, by somebody else. And uh, they, they felt that it wasn't their place to put them in the middle of that. Now, if they chose to put themselves in the middle of that, that's different. But they felt that somebody else put them in the middle of it. And then he kind of instructed everybody, um, and they was on the same page, to not say anything. I, I just thought that that was, that's what leadership is. Do you know what I mean? And of course, people are going to disagree with with. The, the bigger topic of the human rights violation. Um, but but if you if you back up a little bit and say and look at exactly how they were put in the middle of it, I mean, I, I got to see LeBron's perspective. I mean, I don't think it was anybody else's place to put them in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think it's, that's, that's something that they have to do on their own. Exactly. What, what and another really interesting point that I don't think has gotten the attention that it should is kind of the timing of how things played out. Uh, you know, when you when you kind of look into the you know into the real detail of it, you have to remember mm -hmm. the teams took off uh, on their way to to China, not knowing any of this. Nothing, you know, it right? It kind of broke right. 
while they were in the air. So they are all excited. They're flying, you know, whatever, 15 hours to get there. They get to the hotel, and, and all of a sudden, you know, spam hits fan. <laughs> right. And now they're, they're going from what, what just happened. And it's also unfolding in real time. I mean, things were changing hour by hour, if you remember, mm-hmm. at that time. So right. the teams show up out of nowhere. They just, you know, plane lands. They get on the bus, you know, head to the hotel. And first thing they hear is, oh, no, things are canceled. All your appearances are canceled. They're you know, pulling their, you know, their pictures down off the buildings. And you know, they're really blindsided on, on where are we and what's going on here. And, and that was a little bit more of my issue of, of Daryl Morey and his tweet. Um, you know, I, I think it was – I don't think he thought it through of the fact that they're about to go play a preseason game there. And China is not like the United States where anybody can criticize anything. Do you know what I mean? And, and, it's, and it's just you have, you have people that disagree, okay, and they may, you know, like we just had a debate last night and all the talking points this, this morning are all what somebody agreed with or somebody disagreed with. But it's not to the level of what China takes when somebody disagrees with the government. It's completely different. So I, think, I, I do think it was a little bit irresponsible of, of um, the GM, uh, Daryl Morey, to put them in that position when they're going to China. Like I can say I can see at least okay, if he did it when they were, you know, after it was finished and he tweeted his opinion and said, "Okay, I want to stand." That's a little bit different, but they're going there. You know what I mean? I just don't think that was his place to do that. Well, and, and the other thing that 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 kind of really, you know, breaks this thing down is that you know, the league is now put in the position, right, of, of kind of having to choose one over the other. And, right. Uh, when, and, I, and I hate the term perfect storm, right, because it's kind of been so overused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, the, you know, the point's been made. It was Daryl Morey. It wasn't the GM of Sacramento, you know, right. or right. Of Seattle. It is the number one team in China, you know, because yep. of Yao Ming. Uh, mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you know, the day before the teams arrived for their games, uh, you know, in, in the height of all this – you know, kind of backdrop of, um, you know, trade war and, uh, you know, massive protests and, right. you know, things being on edge. So, so you know, the, the, the thing did kind of, uh, you know, like I said, perfect storm its way to, uh, you know, to, to blow up. If any one of those things is different, as you mentioned, it's a different GM making the tweet. It's two weeks later. It's, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, a different kind of timing. Then, uh, you know, it doesn't become such a big deal. And right. so I, I think, you know, what is the – we kind of go back to it. And, and at the end of the break, when we come back, we're going to have uh, Howard Beck on to talk about this as well, longtime mm-hmm. NBA writer and uh, especially focused in L.A. Uh, so he's going to have some great insight for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, what is the outcome? And, uh, uh, you know, LeBron was very, also very poignant in his conversation with, with Adam Silver is, is what's going to be the ramifications for Daryl Morey. Right. And, uh, you know, his thinking was, you know, if a player caused this much damage to the league. Oh, he'd be gone. Then, yeah. you know, he'd be gone. Or, or would right. he? You know, Adam's point coming back was we let you guys criticize Donald Trump all the time, not go to the White House, all these things. Nobody says a word. So it's a, but not but not yeah, again, but it changes. Real... It changes when you're economically impacted and everything does change. So when you criticize and you affect the the economic um you know, you know, situation with the NBA, and that creates a whole different issue. Now, going back even to Donald Sterling, when all of the sponsors started pulling out, then what Donald Sterling was doing affected them economically. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying that Adam Silver might not have disciplined him or anything like that, but 
it helped a lot when the sponsors started pulling out and you started affecting their 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 wallet. You know what I mean? So right now, if 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 the future of the deals with China falls through and they all point it back to Daryl Morey's tweets, then I'm pretty sure you'll see some kind of re- uh, ramifications, repercussions. Well, and here's the other thing, and I want to ask Howard Beck this question, too, is to follow up on that point. There's 29 owners who are teams that are not named the Houston Rockets okay. that are being affected for nothing that they've done, nothing that they mm-hmm. were involved in, and they got blindsided as well as anyone. Right. So now what position are they in? They either you know, Are they going to say, you know, sure, we'll you know, support and lose millions of dollars, or uh, you know, do they really – uh, you know, care if Daryl Morey is a sacrificial lamb in this, if it helps their interest. You know, that's the kind of an element that hasn't really been talked about much. And I want to get, uh, uh, you know, Howard's, Howard's uh, take on that because, again, he's uh, very, very current on, on where things are. So what mm-hmm. we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here. But don't forget, on October 26th, the World of Beer presents the Hollow Hops Brewfest in the shadows of the canyon at Destiny USA with over 100 craft beers from more than 50 breweries it's a brew fest with a Halloween twist. Come dressed up for a costume contest. I think Atan is going as a caveman. Uh, there's going to be haunted games, live actors from Frightmare Farms and the Museum of Intrigue, uh, Halloween movies, and more. General admission and VIP tickets available now for the two brew fest sessions at hollowhops.com or buy in person at the Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus. And, dude, you'd make a great caveman. You got the, you got the do for it also. <laughs> hey, you would make a good caveman yourself. <laughs> Call me, caveman. You'd be just All right, we're going to be back me. right after this on Centers of Attention <laughs> with the Tom Thomas. I'm Danny Shays. Be right back. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back on Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas. I am Danny Shays. And we have a special guest on the Burdick Toyota guest line, Howard Beck, the longtime NBA uh, coverer, now with the Bleacher Report, 20-plus years covering the NBA. And uh, Howard, welcome. We are very excited to have you on here in a, a quiet, nothing going on in the NBA kind of time of the year. <laughs> Good morning, guys. How are you? How you doing, Howard? Great to have you on the show today. And I, I wanted to talk to you specifically about everything that's going on with LeBron criticism and NBA China and just get you to weigh in and on it. You're out in that California, so you have a little bit of a closer ear to what's going on. But what, what is your take on everything? Well, you know, the way I view this is that, you know, as much respect as I have for LeBron, and I have immense respect for him as both a player and as a person, and for his being very forthright and and bold in the past about taking uh, stances on public issues, on on, on issues of of concern, I feel like this this is one of those times where I I think he he stepped in it a little bit. Um, His message was a little muddled. And, you know, I would have been fine. You know, I have no problem with him deciding not to weigh in on issues of China specifically. Let's get that out of the way. I don't mind that he's going to pick and choose for himself, as he should, what issues are appropriate and uh, timely for him to speak out on and what not to. I don't even mind that he's noting for the record that Daryl Morey's tweet put everybody in the NBA, including his team, in a very difficult spot. I think that uh, it was unfortunate that he did not convey that message very well the other night. 
Uh, I think he did a, a, a good job of, of clarifying things on Twitter um, after the fact. I think that those statements probably should have just been, uh, you know, his 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 official statement on it. Um, but he, look, he's in a tough spot. They all are. Uh, the NBA is in China. The NBA has been in China for a long time, and nothing is new on that front. <laughs> so, um, if people take issue with the NBA's involvement in China. There's a whole host of a very long list of American businesses that are doing the same, and those businesses are not being subjected to the same scrutiny, nor are their employees being pressed for public comment. It's just that the NBA, as you guys know, is is uniquely positioned because these guys are in the public spotlight, and people like me are putting you know cameras and tape recorders and notepads in their face every day. But uh, it it was a tough spot for him or any of them to be in. And, you know, as I say, I've seen LeBron handle these situations better than he has in this case. Yeah, and Howard, this is Danny Shays. And again, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate uh, your feedback on it. And Atan and I did talk about this, especially when you look at the timing and how they were kind of blindsided, uh, you know, arriving in China, not knowing what was happening, and then, you know, just having this kind of dumped on them so quickly. But I think really the problem that's th- that they're falling into is the NBA has now kind of become the poster child of some of the U.S. companies in China from this standpoint. The whole point of the U.S. going to China was to bring U.S. values to China. And what's kind of come out of this is it seems that we're bringing China values to the U.S. Uh, yeah. You know, don't talk about it. Uh, you know, it's none of your business. You know, can't, you know, you can't stand up which are things that LeBron is famous for. And I think that's where he kind of kind of stepped in it. And, uh, uh, you know, because, again, he's tried to, you know, be you know, it's so opposite of the way he's been in his, uh, you know, in his in his social uh, activism in the past. Which I, I'm with you. I'm 100 percent a LeBron fan. Love what he's done for his communities, etc. But here, here's kind of another thing I wanted to, to ask you about. You now have the situation where uh, the NBA is is being hurt. There's 30 teams. Only one stepped in it. You have 29 owners who are like now stuck in the position of saying, "Well, what do we do here? Does Daryl Morey get fired?" I mean, I'm a kind of an innocent bystander in this now getting getting drilled because I'm losing money over something another guy says has nothing to do with me. What Have you got any feel for what the other owners or the other teams are, are feeling about this and what their position is? It's a great question, Danny. Too soon to say. I don't know that, that there has been, you know, there, obviously there hasn't been any Board of Governors meetings since they came back from China. You know, the next one would be... Actually, I think momentarily. Um, no, wait, excuse me. I take that back. No, they had one two weeks ago. So there's the next one's probably December. So it, I think they meet about quarterly. So um, now that said, they can obviously communicate in all other manner. Um, I'm sure the other owners are not particularly happy about this. You know, David Stern said it years ago to, to the great Jack McCallum of Sports Illustrated that, you know, his job is to make money for the owners. And as uncomfortable as, as it may be to be doing business in China because of China's human rights record and a variety of things, that that's the job. These are businessmen who own and women who own these teams. And, you know, that's the bargain everybody struck in, in deciding to go to China. And, of course, that decision is decades ago, and it predates probably all of the current owners. It predates the current commissioner. It predates, obviously, all these players. And so they just have to deal with essentially the awkwardness of this, that they are in business there, and that 
anything where somebody steps out as Daryl Morey did and criticizes or is perceived as criticizing China and it, it you know causes some financial ramifications for the league. I'm sure people around the league aren't happy about it. On the other hand, listen, this is what happens when you get into a relationship like this with 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 China. You're, this is a possibility. Um, the, uh, real quick, the idea, and I've heard many people say this, Danny, so I'm not taking issue with you. The, the idea that, you know, we're going to end up, you know, more adopting Chinese, uh, China's values that, as, as opposed to Western values uh, being spread there. I mean, there's certainly a case to be made that China has not necessarily opened up very much or, uh, you know, improved much in terms of the way that, that uh, authoritarian regime uh, conducts itself. But on the flip side of it, the idea that, well, they're silencing the U.S. No, people here are very freely criticizing China even more now in the last couple of weeks than they probably ever were before because people weren't as, as attentive to it. Um, the, the NBA situation has, has uh, turned, shown uh, a new light on this issue, and probably for, mostly for the good. Uh, people should be paying attention to what's going on over there. But... Uh, aside from NBA players who just have to kind of watch it because they're in business there, everybody else is, here is free to criticize China. Like there's, like the, 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 I, I just, I'm, I'm sensitive to the, to the exaggeration that's that's gone on in some of the rhetoric that's come out of this, and uh, you know, I would just say. Everybody in every walk of life, whoever they work for, there are things they probably can't say publicly or out loud or on Twitter because it might get them fired or it might uh, uh, complicate the their employer's business dealings. And that's all that's happening here with the NBA. That's interesting. That's a, that, I think that's a good point. I mean, one of, when you talked about some of the rhetoric that was coming out, and one of the things that I took issue with was some of the same people – um, you know, whether it's, you know, Trump or Ted Cruz or Jason Whitlock or Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, who always criticize athletes when they do speak out, um, especially in dealing with, the you know, police brutality and police killings and things of that nature. Um, criticize Kaepernick for taking a knee, criticize athletes for not going to the White House, just are always criticize athletes now are criticizing LeBron for not speaking out on China. And that just, that just kind of seems hypocritical to me. It's, it's like either you want athletes to use their platforms or you don't, but you can't just say you want them to use the platform when the position they take you agree with. What is your thoughts on that? Aton, amen. Uh, I could not agree more. Uh, it, I, I, I tweeted this last week and got, you know, uh, you know, stirred up my own firestorm. Um, it's disingenuous. That's the only word for it. It's absolutely positively disingenuous for certain pundits in a certain part of the political spectrum and some of their uh, elected officials coming out and smacking around NBA players or coaches for not speaking up on China when it's the same folks who are saying shut up and dribble and stick to sports. I mean, the, you could not, if people keep talking about hypocrisy, that it's hypocritical for NBA players and coaches to speak up on certain issues, but then go silent on this one. No, the hypocrisy is telling them to shut up and dribble and then turning around and saying, well, what about China? What about China? I mean, mm-hmm. give me a break. Um, they're, they're using a, this as, as simply a, a political football to, to mix sports metaphors here. Um, they're, they're u- and they're using this as just a way to, to, uh, you know, bash the same players and coaches who they didn't like in the first place. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how many of these same pundits and political officials weighed in themselves on China and human rights in Hong Kong before the NBA controversy, but I imagine they weren't that attentive either. And the fact is, 
NBA players and coaches, you know, have a limited ability to make an impact on on those issues, especially international issues. Uh, our elected officials, from the White House to Congress, have much more of an opportunity to make a direct impact. So rather than criticize the NBA players for not talking about China, uh, you know, maybe use your own uh, leverage and powers of persuasion and economic might as elected officials of this country to do something about it yourselves. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Great point. Uh, so, so let me ask you this. At the end of the day, we'll have you look into your crystal ball here. Uh, where do you see the end game? Uh, is this something, as you know, China is not known for the, their let bygones be bygones approach to things. And, uh, you know, and Atan and I have talked about this, that, you know, at some point there needs to be a pound of flesh somewhere, I think, to get everyone back on good graces. Is that Daryl Morey? Is that, you know, Adam Silver you know, making an economic deal in their favor? Uh, where, where do you think that that comes out at the end of the day? It's a really great question, and I'm not sure. I think that this is one where I, I couldn't possibly predict because if you asked me, or even had suggested that this this particular uh, scenario would unfold, you know, weeks ago, months ago, I would have never guessed that a single, I would say, fairly, um, you know, benign tweet by Daryl Morey by any NBA GM could set off the international firestorm that we saw. Um, easy for me to say, but. I, the Chinese government's response seemed just slightly disproportional to, to the uh, perceived offense. So I couldn't have ever guessed that they would have taken it as far as they did. Now, they did start to stand down later in the week, and the, the games, you know, the, the two games between the Lakers and Nets were still played. And, you know, I, I get the sense that everybody would probably like to move on. You know, certainly the NBA would. And then look, the Chinese government, they, they have hundreds of millions of people who are NBA fans in their country who don't want to see this relationship severed. And, you know, China got to, to make a stand and, uh, and, and kind of saber rattle and force everybody to take notice for a bit. Um, maybe that's all they needed out of it. Uh, you know, does this, does this have other ramifications for down the line? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, a, I, I, the one thing I can tell you, I, I'm fairly certain of, I don't think NBA teams, the NBA as a league or NBA players are suddenly going to divest their interests in China. There, there's a, a, a you know, uh, two way relationship here, uh, that is benefiting all sides, uh, economically and otherwise. I don't think that we're going to see any change in that. And I don't think we're, you know, I, I think generally speaking, this issue, like a lot of other issues we've seen, you know, affect the world of sports, it'll probably fade in a matter of weeks. We'll probably be much more focused on, you know, who's going to win the title or, you know, can, can Zion lead the Pelicans to the playoffs? And um, this will, will fade to the background again. Uh, you know, at some point, Adam Silver's probably going to have to address it stateside here because he hasn't talked about it since since he returned. He's only talked about it when he was still in Tokyo and while this was all still going on. Um, but I, I imagine there will still be a, some discussion, but I don't think we're going to see much more of the controversy itself inflamed unless somebody else within the league decides to, to you know, make a big public fuss over it. Well, and with that, uh, I agree. There are too many people I'd rather have in the room than Adam Silver dealing with this right now. So we'll, uh, uh, we'll go with that. Uh, Howard, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great having you on. Very much appreciate the uh, feedback. And, and uh, I think there's a good chance we'll, we'll get to call you again in the future. I'd be happy to, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Great. Awesome. Thanks again, Howard. 
Uh, Howard Beck from Bleacher Report. Uh, we'll be back after this on Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas. I'm Danny Shays. We'll be right back. This is Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas and Danny Shays. And welcome back with Aton Thomas. I'm Danny Shays. And don't forget, we've got SU football coming up and don't and we've got the romanocars.com quad show an hour before kickoff steven fonte and james mungro will be there live on the quad to break down syracuse versus Pitt. uh see if we can get get the boys back on track after uh, uh after the, the extended break and a uh, couple of uh, you know a couple of stub toes uh, we'll see if we can get them going and uh, but they're certainly the, the home of the Orange is looking to get their upgrades. You know, for uh, I was there, uh, Tom, when they opened the dome. I, I got I was one of the few guys to play both in Manly Fieldhouse and in the Carrier Dome. Okay. And I was there when we when we closed Manly, the famous Georgetown game, and then opening uh-huh. day uh, of the Carrier Dome my senior year. And uh, uh, it's funny. I for the longest time I keep coming back, going, it's exactly the same. And I know they've yeah. upgraded stuff since, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but there's always been that consistency, right? Carrier Dome, 30,000 fans for the big games. Uh, and, you know, we tend to look past, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, little, you know, the little foibles. I remember the, the first day it opened uh, for the first football game, it was hot and humid and just scorching in the dome. And everybody complained, oh, my God, they have a, a carrier dome with no air conditioning, and it's named after an air conditioning company. Uh, <laughs> and then two weeks later, then they went on the road and came back in a freezing rainstorm, and everyone forgot about the air conditioning. We were like, we are so glad to finally sit indoors and watch a football <laughs> game. Uh, and, the, and, of course, the dome being the, being the mainstay. And uh, now, finally... They're going to do major upgrades. So uh, uh, obviously they're going to put the new roof on here in the next couple months, uh, uh-huh. improve some seating, new sound system and lights, and I know this is going to be hard to believe, but they're going to upgrade the bathrooms. Oh. Uh-huh. What are they going to do differently in the bathrooms? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. i got to see the plans. But the uh, the infamous men's room troughs uh, you know, uh-huh. may, be, may be ready for the scrap heap. And uh, – uh, and the, you know, that kind of fake sink thing that you know the, those might go, and, and then finally next year they're actually going to put in air conditioning. So, uh, so the, so the dome, if it stays the dome or the stadium or the whatever they're going to call it, uh, will finally enter the you know the 60s and have air conditioning inside the building. The stadium. That's the, is that an option? Did I come no, on now? Some things. Oh lord! Some things don't need to change. <laughs> well, we're going to cross our fingers and hope Carrier stays in and it stays the Carrier Dome. So we uh, the stadium. Uh, we shall see this the stadium. That's awful, man. The stadium. Well, the other the other great thing about that is I lived in Lawrenceon, which is that big high rise right next to the dome. Uh, so when it finally opened, I got to walk to the games, you know, instead of having to schlep down to Manly. Uh, the only problem cool. was it would cost so much to heat that they wouldn't turn the heat on at practice, and we were uh, freezing the whole time. So anyway, uh, on that note, we'll be back tomorrow <laughs> on Centers of Attention with Aton Thomas. I'm Danny Shays. We'll see you tomorrow.